0: Welcome to episode 4 of Insides of an Echo Artist, I'm your host Joanna Alarcão, and with me today I have Sarah Myers-Brent. She makes these mixed-media sculptures using debris from a house and a studio to take the craziness of motherhood and life in general and create something beautiful out of it. She has been twice resident at the Vermont Studio Center and recipient of an Artist Resource Trust grant from the Berkshire Tactonic Community Foundation who designated her a 25 at 25 fellow. And she has also been featured as a 2016 Best of Boston Artist by the Improper Bostonian and received the Faye Chandler Emerging Artists Award that same year. We had a very insightful conversation about their practice. Therefore, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here and share some insights into your practice in the art world. So for the ones who don't know your artist practice, can you talk a bit about it?
1: I'm sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am excited about this podcast uh, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and have been looking for an eco-art podcast, and I feel like this might be the first one, so I'm so excited you're putting this out in the world. Thank you. Um, my I make sculptures from repurposed materials, originally from my house or from my community, and I assemble them together into the sculptures that look like they're growing and decaying. I also make paintings that abstract paintings of nature that also have like a whole mix of different marks and designs all clumped together on the surface kind of abstract again growing and decaying.
0: I was quite taken by the visual impact of your sculptures when I saw them in the in the ECHO uh, project uh, website. Can you talk a bit why, why did you choose this type of materials? Oh thank you.
1: I um, I was trained as a painter. I got a master's of fine arts in painting, but I was always so interested in the painting material. It became more the thi- the paint became thicker and thicker, and then I started collaging things onto the surface, like dirt or flowers. And then I started collecting more and more materials and putting on fabric and different things. And at a certain point, I realized I didn't even really need the painting surface. I could just put all the materials together and make the sculptures I have two young boys at home and I just couldn't believe how much stuff we were accumulating as parents and started making sculptures with their things and then um, at this point I'm running out of stuff so I'm getting donations from my community I like the I also just like visually how this all these different materials combined together look and I also like sort of the emotional quality of it
0: uh, you said in a previous talk that you you were part of uh, an association, a community in your region. Uh, I am. I'm
1: part of the Mothers Out Front, which I believe is a national organization, although they might have branches abroad as well. Um, and I'm a member of my local branch of Mothers Out Front. And one of the projects that we're doing is um, we run the swap shop at our transfer station, where people can bring objects. And take objects and um, I volunteered there, which is like heaven, um, because you're sort of cleaning out the stuff that people wouldn't want that's broken. And then I I take it with me. And um, yeah, the Mothers Out Front works on local campaigns and also statewide and national campaigns. It's quite good. You, and you use
0: the materials in your sculpture, right? The appropriated yes. materials. Yeah. yeah. You started as a painter and you said that you evolved to sculpture. It was something that captivated you in sculpture as a medium, or it was just, I have these materials as a parent, as a mother, and I just want to appropriate these materials and do something with them?
1: Um, it really started off just because I like, I like art that looks very tactile, and you can really see the materials or the hand of the artist, uh, which is why I think I started adding more and more materials into my work. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I just asked because you started as a painter and you started adding more to the canvas. So dirt, uh, objects, paint, or a lot of paints. And then you, you evolved to sculpture and you said that uh, you appropriated the materials you had in your house. Was that a conscious choice? Uh, you were ah. you, you were attracted to sculpture or it was just... I don't know, something that you wanted to do for the environment, for your practice?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when I had kids, I became more interested in using the materials that were the discards from my house, um, particularly, you know, after having two kids, it just, I really was accumulating so many things. And I found it also a little overwhelming to be a parent going from um, not having kids and then having two young boys at Was a the art became a way to sort of process what was happening in my life, becoming a mother, trying to sort of balance being a mother and an artist. And I liked using those my kids' materials, putting them all together and creating something that I thought was beautiful. Sort of out of that mess, it was that helped me sort of work through what was going on in my head. And I also just think that there's just a richness in those materials that are really beautiful.
0: How, how do you how do you manage your time in between social life, studio, being a mother, networking? That must be very complicated.
1: Yeah, well, these last couple of years with the pandemic have been difficult because my kids were at home for a long time. So I had to set up a home studio and totally readjust. But on a perfect week, my children are at school during the day and I have that time to work. I have a at my studio and I... I would love to just be working, but I also know it's important to do other things to network with other artists. I do like meeting up with artists to do studio visits and going to openings. I find that inspiring. I also think just being an artist is such a it's like a strange career that I like to meet up with other people doing the same things and talking about it, and we can we can help each other too, which is nice.
0: Do you have a rich community of artists near you?
1: There are a ton of amazing artists near me um, particular, and even in the building that I work in I work in a large old industrial building and there are a number of fabulous artists just right there and I think the um Boston art scene is has a lot of great things happening and art to see yeah that's great
0: so going back a bit uh, to the beginning can you recall what was your motivation to become an artist what inspired you
1: I was Always doing drawing and painting as a kid. I just I just loved it. I lived in the country. There wasn't a ton else to do. My parents didn't get a TV until I ever. (laughs) So, So I was I was always creating things. And I also had some fabulous teachers in high school that were the art teachers. And I think they were like the strongest teachers in the school. So that helped to encourage me in that direction. And then you went right away to university? I, um, I, yeah, I went to college and I studied, actually wanted to study graphic design, um, but I fell in love with the prerequisites of painting and drawing that I had to take for the graphic design. Um, I I did actually become a graphic designer after I graduated just because <laughs> it was practical, but then um, sort of went back at one point to, to teaching and um, then back into painting again.
0: Yeah. So what's our insight into the importance of art as a tool to raise awareness of social and ecological
1: problems? That's such a good question. I really do struggle with this myself. Like what, what purpose can my sculptures bring to the world? How can these be helpful? I think I'm hoping just the fact that I work with repurposed materials, that people can get some inspiration from that. But I, I do know some artists who work sort of in a similar way And do a lot of involving the community, getting people together to do the projects with them or teaching other artists. And I could see myself going in that direction. I think that would be a nice place to go to. Do
0: you find it difficult to think ecological and to just try to direct your sculptures to an ecological frame mind? Let's call it like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the other things I struggle a lot with is how can I put these sculptures together in a way that's not introducing too many new materials or sort of yucky materials like epoxy or other kinds of binders. So I have been thinking a lot about that. And I think it's nice because I think more I've been doing more things where I'm like tying things together, drilling, trying to figure out ways of connecting things. So they really are almost 100 percent repurposed. And I know another number of other artists doing the same thing. So I think we, as a community, can discuss our techniques and processes, and I think that really could sort of make a difference. Yeah, a lot and, of different people start doing this.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's it can be very difficult just to find ways to be ecological in your practice. And sometimes it's very overwhelming. I was I was actually in my studio yesterday trying to to think of a way of doing painting that is clay. So how I could add clay to the canvas or to mm. the wood panel. And I just went online, tried to find a lot of ways to do it. And I didn't want to use any glue. So I found this this natural paste you can do from house household uh, cooking stuff. And it actually works. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's really neat. I just got very interested in making like different varieties of paper mache clay because you can make that from any old fabrics yeah, yeah. or anything you want.
0: Well, I'm quite cool. excited about that. You have any new thing going on in your studio that you can speak about?
1: I have made large installations out of sculptural installations but I have never made large freestanding pieces so I'm trying to get over my fear of that and just do it so I have a number of pieces going on in my studio I have a hanging piece and a piece um, on some old table legs that I'm working on and just a variety of different pieces that I'm building up at the same time trying to see if I can make it all stand and stay together. Mm
0: -hmm. Are you attracted to any kind of material like uh, wood stone fabric what I, to more. Um,
1: I like it all, which it actually makes it harder to join things together because I love the mix of the wood and the, the teddy bear and the the metal is all the different things. I love having all of that together. Um, I generally have a bit of like a, one or two objects in each piece. That's a large focal point. Like I have a huge lacrosse stick sticking out of my hanging sculpture have like something like that in each of the pieces that attracted me visually. Mm -hmm. How is your
0: day? Basically, you are a full time artist. So what does your day look like?
1: I again, like, you know, every week is different with kids, and particularly (laughs) with the pandemic. But I on on a great day, I will drop the kids off around eight, Um, come home, do some computer work, take my dog out. And then I go to a studio, which is about 10 minutes away from my house. And I usually do do some art, get some get some things done, and also set aside some time usually afterwards to do some computer stuff, um, sort of like whatever uh, it is that I'm working on. And um, and then I generally pick my kids up at it's two fifty that I that I come have oh. to pick them up. Although this year their after school program is running, so um, usually like two days a week I get a little bit of a longer day, which is nice.
0: Do you take more time to do research on your sculptures or is something that is individual and it happens naturally?
1: I really have to get out, make myself get out. Otherwise I will sort of just stick to going to my studio. But again, particularly it's been harder with the pandemic, but it is so important for me to go and set aside some time to go and see some art. And then I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts or looking at things online. I just last week went to see an artist, Lisa Barthelsen had a show. Um, and she also works with, she calls her family debris series. And she had this whole room installation. Um, you walked in the space and the debris was just sort of everywhere and it was really stunning and it's inspiring to get out. And now I'd love to, I've sort of been wanting to do something like that as well. So I love, um, I think it is super important to get out and see art and so it feeds into your practice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. What do you like more about being an artist?
1: I just love the process of putting something together, sort of working through the frustration of what's not working visually, technically, and Sort of keep going with it until you reach something that you're you're really excited about, and as a final form, I also really dislike sort of the amount of focus it takes to be an artist and the state of mind it gets me in. I feel like that helps me to be a better person, a better a better mother
0: yeah it's quite it's quite beautiful actually <laughs> so you have done quite a lot of exhibitions, but I presume it wasn't always like that. So, what advice would you give to a young artist starting out?
1: Yeah, well, it's so it's so different now, just because there's so much more social media and ways to do exhibits online. Um, but what was really helpful to me at one point was just have an an exhibit, just so people will know about your work, and then publicize it. And it doesn't have to be somewhere super fancy. I had a show at a small uh, project space in a college gallery, and there's a lot of other communities centers and other alternative spaces to show your work just like do the show put the work up you know once you have enough of a body of work and then just tell people about it get it out there you know again you don't have to pay you can have put up the ads in places where advertising where it's free or online and so people can get to know about your work
0: do you think that with social media and artists being more self-sufficient galleries still
1: have a place in artists careers I think they could. I think they absolutely can, but I don't think it's necessary. I believe there's a lot of different ways at this point to be an artist. And I mean, some of it, like I have some friends who are uh, sell work on virtual art galleries, but they but they do have to pack the work up and ship it out. It's sort of a lot of it depends on how much, or I know artists who sell the work right out of their studio. A lot of it has to do, I think, with how much marketing you want to do, how much of the shipping you want to do yourself but I think what's exciting about right now is there's so many different ways of of being an artist
0: yeah yeah totally agree you have been a recipient of an artist resource trust grant from the Berkshire Tactonic Community Foundation to attend the Vermont Studio Center which then awarded you a 25 a 25 fellow how was that experience what led to it
1: Oh, that was a wonderful experience during the Vermont Studio Center residency. I did it twice, and this was before I had kids. And at that point, I was teaching. So right after I finished up, um, I was teaching college. Right after I finished up, I went up to the Vermont, and I had a two-week residency there. And it was just so nice to have that uninterrupted time and space to work. Also, the inspiration of a new environment. And there were artists there from all over the world, which was really exciting. And at that point I was more painting. So it was nice to be around different people doing sculpture. There were poets there. And um, this is like when I actually really started to build out my paintings to become more like sculptures. So I think I was really super inspired by what was happening there. They also had a full wood shop and all the different Um, supplies that you would need as far as or or tools that you would need so I think residencies can be a wonderful thing to do and when my kids my kids are like almost old enough that I might be able to do a residency (laughs) at at some point again
0: yeah I think residencies are a a wonderful experience to just to be surrounded by artists that otherwise you wouldn't know and you can pick so much from other artists conversation other artists work but I think that's what I wanted to pinpoint is What's the process to apply to a residence like that, to, g- to gain an Artist Resource Trust grant? Is it very difficult? You had uh, help from your teachers. Can you talk a, b- a bit about that?
1: Sure. I mean, well, each residency is different, um, both in the application and also the amount of funding that they might be able to provide. Um, but I applied to the Vermont Studio Center it was a pretty simple application with the instructions online and I got in and I think at the time I didn't have enough. I couldn't afford, there was a fee that you had to pay to go. And I, I believe it was a lot for me, but luckily I had also, I think I checked a box that I was applying for a couple of grants that mm-hmm. would have made sense, um, that were available to me and I did get one of them. So, so that was really nice. So there wasn't a cost to attend. Um, but they, they also, they also had some like you could be a kitchen helper or other ways to make it a little more Oh,
0: affordable. really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's but there great. are
1: some residencies I know that are totally free or or will even pay you. And then there's other ones where you have to pay a lot of money to go. There's a sort of like a whole range.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you have a high paid uh, residencies or some some are free, but it's very difficult to, to enter. But I think uh, everyone should try to take the time to go to a residency because it's, it's quite important.
1: Absolutely. I should I should mention that in case there are any mothers listening, there are residencies that you can bring your kids. So they they are out there. This stay home gallery is one that is popping into my head. For me, that would not be super relaxing and I would, would not get a ton done if I had <laughs> my kids like, right there with me. But um, I know some for some people that that can work well and be a good option.
0: Yeah, I have seen in some applications that you can bring uh, your spouse or your kids with you. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's quite good that's quite good if you can yeah. if you can do that. It's even is even good for your kids i think to be, be around artists and culture in special especially so yeah
1: um, yeah absolutely and again since my kids are older i could see myself bringing them as well and it, that could be be fun what is for you
0: your biggest accomplishment as an artist
1: when i had my first solo show after my first son was born Again, I was in a small project space at a college gallery, Um, but just having that scheduled on the books, it really helped me to continue making work even after, even with a newborn. And then I had my second solo show six months after my second son was born. So again, it was just, that felt like a huge accomplishment for me, just getting the work done, getting it sort of up in the galleries and and doing that, and continuing to be an artist. You have any
0: big goal that you want to accomplish, and you are you are working through? Oh, a big
1: goal. Um, I just again, I'm working on these freestanding sculptures, and I just want to have an image in my mind of where I want to get them to. So I would be really excited if if I can get them there. And I um, just sort of conceptually, so that would be exciting for me. And at some point, it would be nice to have a gallery or some more venues for showing the sculptures.
0: You are represented by Chase Young Gallery in Boston, right? Yes yeah. yeah. How has your experience so far been
1: um it's It's been good. She is primarily um showing painting work, so i I mostly show my paintings there, although at my last or my first solo show that we had there, we also put together some of my sculptures and installation work. Uh, It sort of goes along with my paintings. They pair together. And I was really excited with how it looked. Unfortunately, it was in March at the beginning of the shutdowns, like (laughs) literally everything shut down. That was when we had it scheduled. So we kept postponing the show and we finally did it six months later in September, but things were like barely open at that point. So we didn't get as much foot traffic okay. as, as i would have liked um but i still was really excited to have had that exhibit and it's been nice it's just nice after doing a lot of stuff on your own the install or putting out the press release or postcards you know what doing all those things on your own it, you're really appreciative that other people are doing uh-huh. some of this yeah. for you you it gives you, you more more time you have any uh, exhibition uh, coming soon I do. Um, well, my next one at that gallery will be, I think, in spring 2023. So hopefully that'll be a time when things are nice and open. <laughs> and I have one coming up in September at the Art Complex Museum, which is in Duxbury, Massachusetts. That is a huge space where I'm, yeah, where I'll be putting some of these sculptures. You're going to have big
0: sculptures in? I am, although
1: I guess the space needs, they do yoga. So the space has to be pretty (laughs) cleared out in the middle for yoga. So I have whatever I'm putting in, it has to be moved around. And so I am focusing a little more on some wall pieces. And they have these these freestanding walls that I I love. And I want to put some trash kind of coming, pouring down from the top of them. Like that trash will sort of be sitting up and spilling down. And I'd love to make those for oh, their
0: sorry. space. That sounds amazing. Doing, doing yoga surrounded by that <laughs> is something. <laughs> um, what do you think is the big, biggest challenge we face as individuals and environmental artists navigating the state of things? Yeah.
1: I mean, I am just in a panic about the state <laughs> of our environment, this world that I'm leaving for my children and... Um, I guess what well, I guess you can panic or you can but I realize if you just do something, even to start doing some small things, I think that can make you feel a lot more empowered.
0: Um yeah.
1: and that was why I originally joined up with the the Mothers Out Front organization. And I just think once you start getting involved in doing some small things, you can feel like you're you're making a difference.
0: Yeah, that's totally agree.
1: and I'm hoping, like I said, I see a lot of avenues for this direction that my art is going with the repurposed materials uh the mothers out front group was wondering if we could make an outdoor sculpture and i could have people come together and bring things and we could all assemble it together so i think there's a lot of possibilities with the art um, reaching out to the community
0: i've ever done a big sculpture outside or a work that was uh, site-specific Just curiosity. Well,
1: I've done a lot of site-specific work for museums or or galleries. Like, I'm often inspired by some sort of architectural element and make something for the space. But I haven't done anything outside. And I'm I'm very interested in doing that and the kinds of materials I'm using. I guess I'd have to get rid of, like, the teddy bears and stuff. But, like, the other materials really could be outside and could work in in that way.
0: The teddy bears could work, too. It couldn't be... Like a very permanent installation, yeah. <laughs> but right? It would work. <laughs> so, my funny question: Do you have any artist podcast, book, or platform you'd like to recommend? Uh, sure.
1: At the beginning um, of the lockdown, with my kids at home, I is when I started listening to podcasts, and one of them was the Artist Mother podcast, and the other one, I like your work podcast. And both of them talk a lot about being working artists, mothers. So I found those really helpful. And I, some eco artists that I really like, Aurora Robson, um, I spoke with recently, does amazing art out of plastic. Uh, there's another local artist, is Rebecca McGee-Tuck, who makes art out of sea debris. I'm always looking at Linda Beng- Benglis and Petticoin and lots of other female sculptors.
0: Are they inspirations for you in your work? Just sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're not so much eco artists, but I like the way they do their, just create their forms are are pretty incredible.
0: Okay. Thank you. And thank you for your insights into your practice. Uh, It was a lovely conversation. I don't have any more questions, but do you want to share anything just as a final note?
1: Oh, no, this is, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad to have come across the podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and if you did, don't forget to hit subscribe and follow in your favorite app so that you don't miss upcoming episodes. Find the show notes with links and resources at our website and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram at .insightsofanecoartist and let us know your takeaway. Enjoying the show? Support Insights of an Echo Artist on Patreon for bonus resources, access to our private community, and more.